Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. It takes a lot to these days to have a love that lasts. And so I know we've talked about a lot of different components of this uh, no ordinary love that comes from God. But today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the relationship between a man and a woman, talking about marriage relationships or soon-to-be marriage relationships, because we see so many relationships falling apart. We see many marriages that don't last, and so many people that don't even want to try because they're afraid that something is not going to work out. So as we conclude our series on No Ordinary Love, I want to talk about a love that lasts. Look at somebody and say, a love love that lasts. And that's what, we want, that's what we want to build because we want to build a relationship that lasts. Yes. And um, I want to start right here in Matthew, if you'll uh, help yes. me get started right here. Matthew okay, 19. so since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. You know what I find that's so interesting is that there is so much biblical symbolism that points back to marriage. And uh, we see it in how God talks about his relationship with his people and how, you know, he desires faithfulness and seasons that they were unfaithful. And he compares his relationship with us as his people uh, as, as a marriage. And then Jesus talks about the church as his bride. And as men, we're commanded to love our wives as Jesus loved the church. And so there's a lot of uh, symbolism there that's very rich, you know, in the beginning God creates the heavens and the earth, and then he creates his masterpiece in the center of all of the universe, and that is man. He makes man in his image, but then he says man shouldn't be alone. And so he takes man and essentially splits man into two components, man and woman, and we have the first marriage. Um, But today we see um, lots of things that go on, and Mm -hmm. almost 50% of marriages fail, and many don't even try. But God can help us rediscover the beauty of what marriage is supposed to be. Anybody would like to know what marriage is supposed to be? Um, Because with him, he can help us do things the right way and do things in a way that lasts. God can show us not just how to make it work, but also how to make it uh, better than we could have imagined. Right. And I think because he's the one who designed it, that's why it's so important for us to stay connected to him. Because with him as a designer helping us along the way, it'll really help us. Um, But there's three components that I wanted to share that I really believe will help make a marriage last. The first one being is getting married to the right person. Um, I know that's a pretty obvious thing, but sometimes, especially... It's a very key thing. It's a very key thing. Married to the right person in the first place. One thing that I remember Apostle saying a lot of times is, you know, the the next greatest decision that you'll ever make outside of accepting God as your Savior, Jesus as your Savior, is who you're going to marry. Because if you marry... Um, somebody, then you're not, God didn't design you to be together. You can end up on some crazy track that you did not foresee. And so it's important that you know, that you know, that you know, and how do you know by staying connected to him? I remember for me personally, God had dropped it in my spirit. I mean, there was like no doubt when I first heard it, I was like, it was so in the middle of me doing something else. And I was like, Whoa, where did that come from? 
And, and I knew from that point on after prayer, God had clarified to me, this is the person for you. And what a, <laughs> I felt me. that I didn't even see it. I felt it. Um, but what a beautiful thing. And I say this often, the scripture that says every good and perfect thing comes from above the way that God joined us together was such a beautiful thing. And I, and it felt perfect to me. I know there's no perfect people, but the whole union. And I say that to encourage those of you that maybe aren't married yet or still waiting for the person to come into your life. God has somebody for you. And it's important to wait for that person because it'll be so beautiful and fulfilling. And there's a lot of components that you're going to hear today that mm-hmm. even if you're not married, you can apply this to your life. Yes. Um, you can tuck some of these principles away for later. Um, but there's stuff that can be applied even now. You know, because we're talking about love, we're talking about relationships, some of these truths and some of these principles parallel into other relationships. Yes. So number two is being committed to make it work. In other words, not having an exit strategy. Um, Some some people, they come into the the marriage and they're already got a a plan of escape. Yes, yes. And so you're already planning for failure, you know. And I think when when you know that God has brought you together... And there's no doubt in that area. Then you're thinking, you have to think along the lines of, I'm committed to making this work. I'm committed to letting the Lord lead and guide us and be the center of our marriage so that we can go the distance. And then thirdly is allowing God's love to lead you in the marriage. And I know that kind of, we hear first, uh, first Corinthians 13 a lot. They quoted it in a lot of uh, weddings and, and things of that nature. You hear it a lot in church. But uh, when we love the way that God loves us, it's a whole nother level because our natural love has a limit, right? God is love. He is the source of love, a pure love, uh, such a wonderful love, an unconditional love. Um, so, yeah. I think when we look, at, we look at God and we look at his word, we see the blueprint for what love is supposed to look like. And, and it's, it's important for us to continue to go back to the blueprint because we're, offering, we're offered all sorts of counterfeit loves um, every single day. Um, it's, it's embedded in movies. It's embedded in TV shows. It's embedded in the music that's playing on the radio. So if you're not continually getting back and looking, well, what does the word say? What does God's word say about what love is? A marriage must be founded on the love of God. And I think this is, some, some, some people get this, some people don't get it, and that is that uh, just your love is not enough. It's not enough to sustain you, and natural love is not enough, because right. eventually you're going to run out of patience, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get to the end of yourself. So the marriage has to be founded on the love of God. Any love not founded in God's love, eventually um, it's, it's going to play out. His love is the bedrock to build a future and a family on. Uh, God's love will stand the test of time. We need his love to be the foundation of our marriages, to be all around our marriage, to be the glue that helps us stick together through difficult seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when I love like he loves, it helps me to endure every season. Yeah. Other varieties of love don't have staying power. They can, they can look good at the onset Many forms of love are watered down that, that the world um, that you see on TV. But God's love is fundamental. It's, it's tenacious. It's a pure love. 
And what makes God's love so powerful is that it's pure. It's like a pure energy source, right? right? So it's so pure, that's what makes it so powerful. With his love, I have the motivation, I have the courage, I have the strength needed to make this relationship last a lifetime. His love is a pure energy, it's a pure power that makes marriage happen. Our love and our human nature tends to be very self-serving. And so when we plug into God and we take our, we measure our love and the way that our relationship is built alongside 1 Corinthians 13, we can see um, it, it begins to show us, it shines a light on the areas that we're weak in. So I would really like to just take a look at this with fresh eyes. And I say that often because we see these scriptures so much. It's important that we don't become so familiar that we're desensitized to what it's saying. And we're like assuming, oh, yeah, I got this covered. But then when you begin to look at the fine, the stuff in between the lines, you're like, oh, wow. You know, maybe I need to do better in this. But God's love is unconditional. And it's always there even when it's inconvenient. So like when we mess up, right? When we take that and we try to apply it to our partner, to our relationship, our partner messes up. You know, in relationships, people mess up. Like I said, there's no perfect people. There's times where you feel like you're missing each other or your, you know, communication isn't the best or you're frustrated or, you know, it gets messy. But if we look at this, let's, let's review. Love is patient and kind. You know, if you just stopped right there. That's, if that's you could a lot. just work on just being patient and kind, yeah, that's marriage a lot right would get like 50% yeah. better just off top. <laughs> and that's how powerful God's word is. And yeah. God giving you like that, that moment of inspiration and revelation to say, wow, I need to be more patient. I need to be more right. kind because that's what love is supposed to look like. That's the blueprint. Yeah. And then it says love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. So... Sometimes, you know, I think we give ourselves a free pass. Well, well, they did something to me, and so I'm upset now. I'm irritated. Right. And, it, and it, you know, we have, like, this covenant. We never have the right to be rude to each other. Right. There's always a point of civility. Even if we get upset, okay, we're going to take a break because we need a break, and then we're going to revisit it when we're sane, right? Next, we don't need to be rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. That's a good one. It's not irritable. It's easy to get irritated with people sometimes. That's um, definitely one to work on. And, not irritable. <laughs> and it keeps no record of being wronged. That's a really good one because some of us like to keep like a bag or a vault with a bunch when of records. When the argument comes out. Do you remember three years the ago? records of wrongs. On the Wednesday that yeah. you were supposed Yeah, it's just yeah. things like February that. February 24th. <laughs> Seven years ago. No records of wrongs. Yes. Yeah. Remember that next time you're having an argument. You have to let go of the past. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Now, here's a good one, because sometimes I see people be like, this such and such happened. And they're like, and I'm glad because he deserved it. Or because, you know, like, like almost like a vindication, you know, like you deserve this. That's not the spirit of Christ. It's not the spirit of love that he wants us to operate in. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Let me tell you something. Going back to being with the right person that God has designed for you, 
We've gone through some pretty hairy things, right? And I'm so thankful that in those situations, because God was the center and we, we obeyed him, we were able to endure things that I think in a weak marriage or not aligned with the right person would have crushed us. That's such a critical thing. I remember watching my own parents um, just as a child and seeing them navigate through life and seeing the strength in their love and and their um, connection with God. It really made an impact on my life and what I was looking for. So that's, you know, the future depends on this. Like it's your children, your children's children. We have a representation thing that's happening here for the kingdom of God. So it's important that we, um, that we uphold that. And then the last thing, when you continue on in that scripture, it says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So love is very important. So another issue that I see with marriages is when a disconnect happens. And I'm not talking about a disconnect between each other. The disconnect actually starts before that, and it's when we get disconnected from the source of love. Right, we we forget how to love each other when we get disconnected from His love, um, and it causes marriages to unravel. It causes relationships to unravel. So we have to stay plugged into the power source, stay plugged into this this pure sense, this pure source of love. It's kind of like a, an appliance. Like if you were to think of like a fan, that's that's. You plug it in, and it's blowing, and when it's plugged into the source, you see it works exactly the way it was designed to. It's, it's, it's working perfectly, and it's, it's blowing. It's ventilating the room. It does exactly what you expected it to do. It does exactly what it was designed to do. But the moment you unplug that fan from the wall, what happens? It stops working. It, it stops, but first, it, it slows down. So at first, it seems like it's kind of doing what it was doing before. But it's slowing down. Right. And then eventually it stops. And even though it has the capacity to ventilate the room, even though it has the capacity to do what it was designed to do, if it's not plugged into the source, listen somebody, if it's not plugged into the source, even though it has the capacity, even though our marriages have a capacity to be awesome, if we become unplugged from the source, it's not going to function the way that it was designed to work so this is what's so powerful about being plugged in to God's power source of love for our marriage the, the moment that we unplug it begins to slow down um, and, and this is what I find sometimes we get really busy and so we can't we, we feel like we can't be as connected to God I'm kind of busy right now so I'm going to use an extension cord so I can, I can kind of stay plugged into the power I'm going to use, you know, listen to a couple of podcasts here, maybe a couple of YouTubes here and there. Maybe every once in a while go to a Bible study. I, I just don't have the time to be plugged in. Can I tell you, you don't have the time not to be plugged in. Because yeah. a lot of things can happen with an extension cord. You could get unplugged here. You could get unplugged over there. There could be something that you don't even see, and now you're not getting the power that you need. And it, it's, it's like that. It's just not worth the risk. Um, when we stay close to God and we stay plugged into this power source of love, it not only benefits our marriage. It's going to benefit our kids. It's going to benefit every 
area and aspect of our life. It's just an overwhelming sense of um, God pouring into us and overflowing in our lives. So it's important to stay close, stay plugged in. Everything works better with more of God. It does. And I think it's important to prioritize. Like when you stay connected, you realize what's important to God. That, and it becomes a priority for you. And talking about being disconnected, to make it practical, what is being disconnected? Not praying for your marriage, um, not taking time to to connect with God, whether that's, I mean, we always encourage, read the your word daily the, here. Your personal yeah. prayer time. Read the word daily, pray daily. And those are ways that we connect. But when we begin to suffer in those areas, then you start getting short, right? You start getting kind of more like in your in just in your natural strength and i wanted to just share hebrews 13 4 which says give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage so simple this is a god-ordained thing he created marriage and if he says give honor to marriage what does that mean well it means that we value it in a world that says you don't have to get married if you love somebody just be with them it, marriage is a very holy institution. God designed it so that we could thrive in it. it. It is a part of covenant. He uses it as a parallel with us. We're his bride. Um, but here's some other practical ways that you can apply that. Honoring your marriage means making time for your partner. So, yeah, we all, we're really busy. <laughs> really busy. I remember something you said to me. When we first got married, so I was early 20s, and he said, this is, and it was pretty busy. I felt like things were busy, and he said, this is the least busy that you'll be in your life. And I was like, really? I don't think so. You know, I didn't say that. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, I felt really busy. We had a lot going on even then, and man, oh man, did I underestimate <laughs> that. But I mean, life happens. You have kids. You have responsibilities you have jobs you have stuff to do work on at home like there's so much that can come up then there comes a point where people are caregiving like there's so many things there's so many reasons but it is so important to be intentional and make time for your marriage i I think that's really key what you said make make time for your relationship with god right because that's where you get the power from and then also make time for your marriage like Mm -hmm. if you're not you know, what we always talk about is never dating. stop dating. Yeah. Um, you always have to make space for that because everything is built upon the strength of your relationship with God, right. then your relationship with your spouse. Then you can build, you know, fantastic relationship with your kids and, and, and moving outward. But making time is critical. It is. I like this passage of scripture right here. Um, and that is Matthew twenty four twelve, and and Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was talking about the last days, and uh, this applies to many things, uh, but it we see the application in marriage as well. It says um, basically talking about the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. So that that's with the assumption. If a love grew cold, that means at one time that love was hot, that love was robust, that love was functional, that love was powerful. And somehow it slowed down over time. It faded, and then it eventually grew cold. Mm -hmm. So how does this happen? This happens when we unplug, again, talking about the power source, when we unplug from God's 
love that is pure and we start spending less time with God, it affects our marriage. That love that we had that was so robust in the beginning, it begins to fade. It begins to grow cold. So just as it does in the the world, we see uh, civility on the decline. We see in the world marriage on the decline. But it, it can happen in our marriages too if we don't stay connected to that pure source of love. It slows down. It grows cold. One day you wake up and you say, why do I even put up with this person anymore? How? Because the love grows cold. Without being connected to God's love, our love just, it, that's what makes our love happen. In the natural, love always grows cold. Think about it. In the natural, even the universe one day will stop working the way that it does, right? The stars and the planets will get so spread out and it'll eventually grow cold and it will have no life outside of some intervention from God, right? That's naturally what happens. Naturally, our love runs out without being plugged in. But in the spirit, love can be sustained. Love can continue to grow. Love can continue to develop because of God's power source. I found this scripture really interesting. 1 Corinthians 7, it says, For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. I think it's an important question to ask ourselves is, are we bringing, what are we bringing to the marriage? Are we bringing holiness to the marriage, and what does that mean? We know holiness means sanctify and pure, and we know that being a Christian is a follower of Christ. So the more that we follow him and his principles, the more that we begin to be set apart and sanctified and bring purity. So now our love is pure because we've been in communion with God. And I know that sometimes maybe there might be one person who's bringing that and and they feel like the other person isn't. And what's interesting about that scripture is if you read a little bit earlier, it talks, it kind of encourages the person to continue, continue praying. Sometimes we feel that we're in an uneven relationship, right? I'm talking not, not talking to those that are not yet married. You should marry somebody that you feel is at that place that you are spiritually. But sometimes we find ourselves in a marriage. I talk to people sometimes and they say, well, I feel like I'm up here and this person's down here. And Paul was talking to that specific thing. He says the Christian wife brings holiness. Maybe she feels that she's, maybe she's ahead spiritually. She brings holiness to the marriage. Maybe the man is ahead and the woman is not really strong in her faith or doesn't have a faith relationship. The man, the husband can bring holiness to his marriage. So it's really powerful. And actually, statistically speaking, one of the biggest people groups that get saved is spouses. Do you know that? And so scripture is proven true, even statistically. That a woman, can, a wife can bring holiness to her marriage or a husband can bring holiness to his marriage. You can challenge each other in your faith or God can use you as salt and light even in your marriage. Yep. <laughs> no, I didn't I, take all your stuff. I'm, <laughs> you're trying to pretend like I, I was just, ever. no, I, I was just going to say the further that we get away the further that we get away, the harder it is to sustain that special, that love, that, that preserving of the relationship. And I, you know, I didn't have this in the notes, but I think it's important to say, if you're not intentional with your time, 
If you're not intentional with your time with God and with your spouse, what happens over time, and we've seen this a lot, is it becomes an arrangement. We live together. We're, we're roommates. We understand how everything works. It works. We're happy. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But the truth is, that's not living. God designed us to thrive. He wants us to be content and uh, overjoyed with the blessings that he's given us. So it takes that intentionality. I gave this example earlier in the first service, I think it was. If you have a plan and you say, I've got these fitness goals and you start working out, but then you're eating whichever way that you, whatever you see, it doesn't work together in the way that if you say, okay, I'm going to be intentional with the time I put into, into exercise. I'm going to be intentional with what I'm eating with rest. God designed us to live a balanced life. If we're intentional with our time with him, with our time with our spouse, I'm not trying to paint like a fairy tale land, like you never have challenges, but it really helps you along the way to have a stronger marriage, a stronger relationship. I know there's been seasons where things have gotten really busy for us and we, you know, the kids were a little smaller and we would like skip out on dates and we would begin to be frustrated with each other. And, um, and like, it would feel more convenient, like, oh, let's just, let's just skip this week or it's too complicated but we realized how much we needed that like it really did help us to have just even if it was like an hour or an hour and a half or two hours something that says I'm giving my time to you I'm going to take this moment it's us that's such a healthy thing whether you're married or not it's a healthy thing please grab that because there is such a battle over family there's a battle over marriages um, and God is wanting to really do something in the families of the body of Christ. Like I said, it's a demonstration. A family unit is a powerful thing. When you have a strong family unit, a strong marriage, a, family, a strong family unit is built on a strong marriage. And when you have a strong family, it, think about legacy. You think about the future, about generational blessings. So it's important to value that. Amen. Um, so many great things, I think, that have been shared today. But I, I, want to, I want to close us out with prayer. And I want to pray for marriages. I want to also pray for those that are believing for God to bring the right person into their life. And, um, and I want to pray for everybody that's single as well. So let's bow our heads and we'll pray together. God, I thank you, Lord, um, Father, for marriage. God, it's something that you designed. It's something that's a powerful covenant. God, and we pray for all of our marriages, God, those that are struggling, maybe they're having a difficult patch. God, I pray that you would give them love, give them patience, give them kindness for each other, compassion. Father, it's your love that sustains us, that enables us really to love each other the way we need to love each other. So God, I thank you, Lord, that you would bless and strengthen every marriage that's represented here. And God, those that are looking to be married, that want to be married, maybe they found the right person, maybe they are still looking. God, I pray that you would prepare their heart, prepare their spirit, God. Let them begin to build the right foundation now, God, that you can add to. Father, I know that we have to be complete first. It's you that completes us. We have to be a complete person 
before we enter into a marriage, God. So I thank you, Lord, that you would just um, build up all of those that are in that season getting ready to be married. God, that they would be strengthened in their faith, they'd be strengthened in their walk, they would be uh, have the wisdom and have the vision for where you want to take them. God, we thank you, Father, for each and every person that's represented here. God, we all want to have your love inside of us. God, it's your love that changes um, us. It's your world. It's your love that changes, God, the world around us. So, God, let us truly embrace your love, experience your love, and be able to show your love. In Jesus' name, everybody said Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.